defender discussions for October the 12th as we uh, we're up and at them. Kind of a rough night last night. I don't know if it was a rough night last night, but uh, not as good as it could have been. I'm um, joined today by, we're going to shake it up. I'm joined today by Matt Boss and Josh Tatton. And we are going to talk about last night. We're going to talk about the last week, and then we're going to look ahead at the weekend. And we really settle into uh, things ticking off the ledger, as you will. Uh, let's talk about last night. First of all, it got started with soccer at 5 o'clock last evening, men's soccer action. And the uh, Northwestern Red Raiders took advantage of uh, miscue. I don't think there's any other way to uh, describe it. A miscue in the first half. Snuck one through. And even though uh, I, we, we talk about it all the time, soccer is one of those sports where you can feel like you outplay your opponent or you have advantages. And the stats certainly lend itself to um, you had a good night. But a one nothing goal ends up standing up, and that's I guess that's what I take away from it last night was our men's team did a lot of good things really well, did some things really well, but that one goal ends up being the difference. Yeah, I mean, a 1-0 score is always tough, especially against a team that you felt you were prepared for and played well against. Um, I think the first half maybe caught them by surprise a little bit, um, and they weren't getting those shots off, and they struggled. I think they got their first shot off late in the first half, first in the on goal, I should mm-hmm. say. And then second half came out, and Marco Lainen right there. A few minutes later, another shot, another shot, another shot. Like, they were they were there all second half. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to put it in the back of the net, which obviously easier said than done, but – yeah, I was walking around on the field beforehand. That goal isn't as big as you think it is. No. I mean, when I'm standing at midfield, it's like, man, that. I mean, you you get the impression that it's a big target to hit, but when you got bodies and everything, it's not the same. Matt, you you watched it as well, and you you made the comment to me last night after uh, when when I checked in after volleyball was complete. It's like had chances, and uh, that's all you're asking for. And I mean. The, the cherry on the Sunday sometimes is actually putting the ball in the net. Yeah. If you take away the score, and I know it's a, it's a result-driven business, but just try to put that away and you'll look at that match. There's a lot to be positive about. Mm-hmm. Played well. We really played well. We had chances. And, you know, you play a man down for like the last 10, 15 minutes right. and you think, oh, boy. But we really elevated our play during that. And so, yes, 1-0, not how we wanted it to go. But there are many positives to take away in terms of how we played, the style. And, yeah, it it was good. And then the second positive is you look at our schedule up ahead in the conference, and three of the four final conference opponents, I believe, are below us in the standings. Anything can happen. I understand that. We we saw that last night. Yes, anything. But – you know, there's room in this schedule now for the defenders to get up in the standings if you look at it. So I mean, we we outshot Northwestern in the second half, nine to two. Yeah, two shots. One out. of those got to go in, doesn't it? Well, I mean, their goalkeeper <laughs> made it such a good save on yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, I mean, I was certain that was the game tire, and just, I mean, that's the business of just crushing someone else. <laughs> yeah, and now they uh, this comes on the heels of the Morningside contest from Saturday, and you went and watched yeah. that one live in person, and it's always different watching live than it is watching online. Mm-hmm. Uh, by all intents and purposes, 
played pretty well against a very good Morningside team. Yeah, I, I think the way Bordeaux was talking about that was that that one was going to be one of the toughest games of the year. And they came out. Um, granted, I missed the first goal because I showed up a tiny bit late, but I saw the uh, replay, and it was an absolute just missile into the corner. Nothing sure. they could do about that one except for maybe clear the ball out. And sooner. that happened, but, what, five, six minutes in? Yeah, less than 10, because I didn't show up that late. Right. <laughs> it was yeah. like less than 10 minutes in. And I show up with 1-0. I was like, oh, boy, this might be a long yeah. one. And then it was a gritty, gritty performance. Yeah. Um, a game that ends in a draw feels like a win, Yeah. especially with the, the opponent. And the one yesterday really stung. Yeah. So two different two yep. different results and very different feelings as well. For the men, they move on. They play Buena Vista on the road tomorrow evening. Sounds like it might be uh, weather better suited for a duck, Hurricane, but oh they'll <laughs> um, it'll be right there and it'll be in Storm Lake. It'll be a non-conference contest. Mitch Dryden uh, named Defensive Player of the Week last week for his play in a couple of wins for the defenders and. Uh, he, he took advantage of a couple of starts last week and played pretty well. He tallied 15 saves, 10 saves on Saturday, um, and only one goal in two games against a really good team, being Morningside, Morning, or Mount Marty struggling, but um, Mitch was able to get those those 15 saves is big. Yeah, and then the one goal's conceded, and he had to make uh, he had to make a couple of big saves to keep the shutout against Mount Marty. I yeah. mean they had they had some chances there as well. Um, Two weeks from Saturday, we wrap things up in terms of the regular season for soccer. Um, let's talk about women. Um, last night, uh, that that's a tie. We talk about sometimes ties feel like a win. You said that with the morning side. That contest. one felt like a loss. This, this one, I mean, in all honesty, uh, you play with the lead for much of it, and uh, it's that tenuous one-goal lead, and something sneaks through, and eventually it does. I asked you, Matt, last night, I said, for lack of a better word, complacency. I mean, playing with the lead and playing not to lose. You didn't really think so. No, we, we played hard. We had chances. We just didn't execute. Again, kind of like the men. We had our chances. Uh, Karina and Jocelyn, it, it's not on them, but we, we had possession of – we just had possession, just didn't convert. That's how I feel. Well, when you can't use your hands, it's so much more difficult. It would make it. It would make it easier. <laughs> make it easier for me. I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've. You're playing with your feet. You can't catch it. You can't throw it. I mean, you, it. It. You, I say that tongue in cheek, obviously, and I, I'm not disparaging the sport by any means. It's just. It's a. It's a. It's challenging to put it in the frame once in a while and i mean you miss hit it a little bit we see it with field goal kickers in football you you miss it just a little bit it goes high it goes wide sometimes it rolls when you wish you would have gone airborne and the other thing that amazes me is how often the goalkeeper almost becomes a target where i mean you think oh it's one-on-one or you've got an open shot and boom hits them almost in the numbers and those those are the chances that if you can just get it somewhere on frame, maybe you sneak one through. Credit to Northwestern, got yeah. a goal late, kept playing. I mean, they got down 2-0, and that's not an easy that's not an easy spot to be in, and credit to them for coming back and tying it up. And that we've got standings. What what do the standings look like on the women's side now? Because I think we had worked our way up to fourth. Yeah, we dropped a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a tie right now, I should say. There's a four-way tie for yeah, fourth. So In terms of wins a lot, I mean, the records are straight the re- same. Yeah, yeah. four, two, well, 
No four way. Two and two, four two and two, four two and two, four two and two. Yeah. It goes Morningside, CSM, Dort, Jamestown. And we've beat two of those teams, and we have yet to play Jamestown. So there's your optimism. But if we're going off points, which is what gets you into the tournament, yeah. um, we have Hastings-Concordia tied for first. How many points? 19. And then Morningside, College St. Mary, Dort, Jamestown with 14. Yeah. And then yeah, because they're tough. I mean, right. So I mean, they got the same record, right? Maybe. Then there's a top, uh, Midland with 13. Yeah. So they're I, I don't know what you can say. Is that third now at that point? Uh, yeah. <laughs> for seven, for seven. our yeah for our listeners who don't know, I mean, we're talking points in soccer. You're awarded yes. three points for a win, one point for a tie, zero points for a loss. And so that's we we go with standings. And when you pull up the GPAC standings and you look at it, it's based on win loss initially but really the thing that matters is points and there is also a point in the season where I start looking at it and I say okay how many points are available to us to take and that's when you start trying to draw out scenarios and that's where the ties come in and that's why I don't do too much of that ahead of time until about the last two games Um, the women so a tie last night with Northwestern and that comes on the heels of a tremendous performance against a very good Morningside team on Saturday, yeah. securing a, uh, a couple-goal win in that one. Yeah, I, w- um, I was in my office before I headed out to the game, and Durbin came in and sat, and we watched a little bit of the, the Dort volleyball game, which we'll get into later. But mm-hmm. um, we talked about the standings, about Morningside, and straight up, like, he Durbin was, I mean, it's a tough game. He was, I don't want to say nervous because that sounds necessarily like, Negative, but he was little. There is trepidation yes. when you go on the road and you against don't. Against a good program. Right. A historically good program and just a good school in the athletic realm as well. Like they're good at yeah. most things. Yeah. And so Durbin's like, we have to get at least a tie. That's worst case scenario. They came out and performed probably the best I've seen all season, maybe with the exception of College of St. Mary. Sure. And for their efforts this week, and partly due to that contest, we uh, the the women swept those uh, weekly honors. Sydney Hoyer on the uh, defensive end and Karina Tell offensively. So I think for Karina, is that two or three? That's this her year? second this year, third for her career. So yeah, she's uh, really she's, only her third her career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got snubbed a few times last year. Well, we had a few options last year in terms of how to. I mean, that was always a discussion Matt and I had yeah. with the coaches true, on the Monday actually, yeah. morning. Monday morning is okay. Who gets it? I mean, who who do we mm-hmm. nominate this particular week? Um, I'm going to have those two come in tomorrow, and we're going to talk awesome. a little bit. Um, what should I ask them? I'm curious. What what should I ask Sydney and Annika when they come in? I'm sorry, Karina. Karina. Um, I, I, uh, <laughs> hopefully, I don't do that tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be. Uh, she'd probably laugh. Uh, maybe like, cause they, they went through a portion of their season where they were struggling a little bit. Like they went with that loss against Midland and Concordia back to back. Those were mm-hmm. tough. Like how do you rebound and then play Dakota Wesleyan and score five when you struggle to find the back of the net in those two games? Like, yeah. I think, especially for Karina, who's, can you say like a, a, like the bell cow running back of the soccer team, you know? Sure. 
which is yeah. a weird way to put it, but <laughs> well, as as she goes, so will go our offense to a certain yeah, degree. And I believe Jocelyn Terpstra is going to be there. I mean, as well. I mean, I'm not saying one's one A, one's one B. I mean, nothing like that. But yeah. right now, one's got a year of experience, and so a natural uh, leader at that point, right? And they work well, very well together. I was just curious. So uh, we'll, I'll be visiting with them tomorrow. Hopefully, get that posted before the weekend. And uh, they've got the weekend off, actually. Right? Yep. The women, women are off. They've got their next game is Wednesday against Jamestown. Ho-hum Jamestown. Yeah, uh, just a little receiving votes action. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. And uh, remember, we worked our way, this was a couple of years ago, we hosted them and they beat us on a very cold day, quarterfinal round contest here. And they, that's when they showed um, they were a pretty good program. Yeah, we'll they're... talk more about Jamestown as a whole in just a little bit. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Women's volleyball. Briarcliff last night getting a 3-2 win. And uh, comes on the heels of uh, dropping a pair to Hastings and Doan on Friday and Saturday. Playing shorthanded right now. Ellie Doctor out with an injury. Hopefully we have her back at some point. I don't know about this Saturday. Time will tell. Um, very hopeful that the following weekend there again, the uh, kind of a strange schedule. You play Saturday this weekend and then not again until the following weekend. So full week off. And I would certainly hope by that point, she's, uh, I'm hoping she's able to go, but last night got a win over Briarcliff. And, uh, if, if this team wants to make the postseason, they needed to win that one because otherwise you're falling basically two games out of the hunt for, and uh, Briarcliff's got a tiebreaker on you. So much, a very important win last night. And I think when we played down there, they beat us in five. Yes, they did. So this was a good response. Um, taking a look at the numbers, Ellie Wegg looked to have a really yeah. good really uh, a good match. 15 kills, 37, almost hit 30%. So that's good. And Riley Donhofer, she's been one of the leaders all season, yeah. had another good match. I think as defenses are focusing on Riley Donhofer, I think Ellie Wegg um, has become more of a uh, potent threat. And she was good last night, uh, especially offensively. Defensively, she's kind of been there for the last few weeks. She's really done a nice job uh, defensively at the net. Last night, uh, she was able to uh, make decisions quickly. Uh, Coach Smith in the post-game interview, post-match interview, talked about the fact that as a middle, you don't have a lot of time to decide where to go. And uh, she had a quick arm through the attack quite often. And uh, that was that was good to see. And the other thing is, when when this team is able to get into their offense, they do some pretty nice things. They just need to continue to get into that offense and uh, kill efficiency. Need to that that's all related to that. As that goes, so goes this team to a certain degree. It seems first contact. It's yeah. imperative. Yeah, it is. And yeah. then, I mean, McKenna Coima also with 31 digs is yep. big. Yep. Some good defensive play. Yep, and she kept some alive late. I think Maddie Viss also late in the match, if I remember correctly, got some uh, – Yeah, got, she finished got with some, 15. Yep, got some balls up, and it was it was a good thing for the defenders last night, especially it was a tough road trip, Hastings and Doan. Yeah. Uh, it, they had some leads – couldn't close on those particular days. Now we talked about it last week. Now we run into what we've termed the gauntlet. You've got oh, Midland, you've got Jamestown, you've got Northwestern, you've got Dakota Wesleyan, and then close on the road at Morningside. So it will be a challenging stretch here, but the defenders uh, have played their best volleyball against the best team. So uh, see if they can pick one off here. And you get Midland at home, and yeah. that's a good thing. And uh, Jamestown yeah, at home. Yeah, you, you have three of, your, three of your last five at home, Yeah, which is good for us, just two of the, Two of those games are going to be 
three of those games, all of them, are going to be very difficult. <laughs> as I look at those standings, I'm a little baffled, too, at some of the losses teams are taking. It, it just they, – they make me – I, I just ponder it as I look at it. I thought I had an idea of what this – I had thought that we'd have a good feel on the hierarchy of the conference. I think Concordia is number one. But they after still that, won the rankings? Yeah. Yes. yeah. And after that, though, it has kind of been mm-hmm. every week somebody different and somebody stubs their toe along the way. Concordia is that definite one. Jamestown's kind of in a solid spot. Their only loss in conference is to Concordia. But they've taken some out-of-conference losses that I... Yeah, I, I sh- early. They loaded their yeah. schedule heavy, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, but you expect a team, a national champion, who is returning a lot of their players to perform to that yeah. level. Pull the, pull the schedule up. They played someone like... Who did Jamestown play last night? They played a non-conference match, didn't they, That's or not? It's pretty late non-conference, isn't it? I'm checking. They played Valley City State and lost. Oh, yeah. Yo. That, 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 really? I, and I, I had wow. thought... I had thought I saw... I mean, trust me, Wednesday morning... Or Thursday morning, I've got a lot of scores that I just go through, and I thought that, that I had seen that, and so... They've also lost to Dakota State, right? In four, yeah, that was early. So I, and that's where I say I don't understand necessarily the hierarchy of this league, and they've still got some time to figure it out because conference tournament play will conclude in about a month, and then you've got first round play for the NAIA, and you've got sixty four teams making the field. So I'm just curious, as a longtime uh, observer of GPAC volleyball. Uh, how things shake out this year with those league teams. And there's still five matches left in conference play. So we'll see. Uh, Women's and men's cross country went. Oh, let's see. They were in Sioux City last weekend. Briarcliff. Yep. Took, took a pair of wins. Uh, the men doing it without Peter Shippey showed their depth on uh, Saturday. It was good to see the men do that. Shippey uh, just didn't run, a little dinged up, which is a common thing. Um, but Aiden Vorster shined. Yeah. She, he had a great closing half of the race and got into second place, I believe. And then you have Craig Becker, Thaniel Schroeder, just doing what they do, just very solid. Um, it was good to see Ethan Summerhays and then that sophomore crew right behind. So it was, it was good for the defenders and, and a nice win over tough competition. The good competition and a little bit of a GPAC preview. There were, what, four or five teams out of the GPAC at that meet on Saturday? More than that. Was it, it? I think it was almost everybody but Jamestown. Women, they were pushed by Concordia. I mean, we... One, there were some NCAA Division II teams there that have been very good. Mm-hmm. And two, Concordia continues to show that they will be a factor in the second half of the season. They are they're very, very good. You know, we have Jessica up front and yeah. then it's a pack of Concordia runners. And so it's gonna be fun to watch that develop in, in terms of the conference championship. Our our two, three, four need to move up a little bit, but Concordia and Dort will be in a in a nice duel for the for the championship. This week off, next week Doan. Yes. And that'll be a big meet as well, right? That'll be a nice preview at the national level. You know, there's a lot of NAI teams that are ranked that are going to go to that Do one. Do you know is Indiana Wesleyan coming to I that one? I don't know or about not? that one. Okay. I'll have to find that out from coach. Sure. Um, Athletes of the Week, a couple of them. Jessica Campman-Walzak, third time on the women's side. Third time. Like in a row. Yeah. Yeah, She's had a tremendous year and all very deserved. And uh, Aiden Vorster 
got it on the men's side. And sometimes it's just very simply, uh, if you're the top GPAC runner at a meet where all the GPAC teams are running, it makes it pretty easy to vote on. Yeah, it's very easy to vote time. Just look at the time. If yeah. you have the fastest time, and we did. So, yeah. no. so uh, looking forward to that continuing on Saturday as well. And this one, kind of, I wouldn't say it got buried in it, but it seems like so long ago, football team playing mm-hmm. Midland and uh, – 10-7, final, and uh, they make a field goal in the first half. Uh, Jared Quinones, what was it, a 49-yarder or something like that? It wasn't short. Yeah. It wasn't a chip shot. Yep, he got it and <clears throat> kind of hung around at 7-3. Their defense kept her, the Dort offense in check and uh, took advantage late when we were a little bit shorthanded. About a five-minute stretch there, we lost two or three players that couldn't return for the rest of the game. And Midland took advantage, and, uh, yeah, defensively they did some things very well, and offensively they took advantage of that one situation. Just felt like if we could have gotten one more score in, get two points, uh, our two scores up, probably changes the complexion of the game. But how often do we say that about sports? If. if. Oh, it's it's a ga- it's an industry of what-ifs, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, lining miss hits a field goal yeah. in the first half, and we're not even talking about this. Yeah. Like, how it is so yeah and the uh i think i i shot you guys a text on saturday night after i'd looked through the box score again it's like we didn't run a play where we started in midland territory in the second half we had the ball once in the in their territory and looked like we had something going and their defensive back punches one out get a fumble recovery thread over uh that's such a good defensive play in that situation for them yeah just killer for us but uh, you you run about 150, 160 plays between the two teams, yeah. and we end up talking about five of them. I mean, the rest of them end yeah, up exactly. just kind of being lost in the shuffle, and uh, so be it. But did yeah. you notice that they were both both teams were identical in yards? Yeah, two fifty six. I did. I oh. did. I did see that as well. And uh, turnovers, I think, were even for each. And they got all of theirs in the first half. I think we had all, all, all of, of ours in the, in the second half. Yeah, it was uh, Kyle Achterhoff, who does the game with me, said after we got off the air, he said, you know, sometimes you just talk yourself into the fact that it, we're, you're playing a team and it's always been close, so it's always going to be close. He believes that sometimes you just talk yourself into that. And I, I don't know if there's any merit to it or not. He's watched a lot more football than I have, but uh, – that, that was his take on it. it. Bounce back time for the defenders. I don't know the status of the injured players, and uh, we, don't make a, we don't make a practice of talking about that a great deal. But uh, we will say Jessup Leakey didn't finish the game on Saturday. That's a significant player for the defenders. Tyler Wieringa did not finish the game on Saturday. He's been having a tremendous year at linebacker. And Connor Dodd, who we just got back, he did not finish the game on Saturday as well. And so uh, I'm curious to see on Saturday who the defenders have available to them when they play the Jamestown Jimmies on the road. We've had pretty f- good luck this yeah. year with injuries up Very until so. up, up until this Midland game. Uh, about a five-minute stretch. and it's They were cr- just dropping. Chris Fagerness was busy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was so, rough. <laughs> yeah. So uh, football – uh, they they dropped to number twenty two in the ratings. We anticipated that. Um, 
with the selection committee of football, I just don't know how much that matters anymore. Um, the, the reality is, and the, the spin and what you need to believe is this. The last five games are important. And the, the, uh, you take care of Saturday, and the whales are still out there. Yep. And the whales are the obvious two. One's the defending national champion, and one's the monster that has ruled the conference for the last 15 years. I'm not going to say the season comes down to those two, but you have opportunities in front of you. You control it. Right. And so uh, that's how someone described it to me last night who follows Dort football very closely. He said, the whales are still there. So you, you take care of Jamestown. You focus all your energy on Jamestown on Saturday, and then you get ready. And that's and, all you can do, and right? You, and you see if you're good. I mean, that, that's what athletics comes down to. Let's see if we're good enough. Yep. And on that given day, what happens? So that's crazy. Thing, me, crazy things have happened. Yes. So it's taken me a while to talk myself into it. Sometimes it does, but yeah, five days after the fact, I'm back on mm-hmm. the horse. So <laughs> not that it matters. He, he I mean, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that, that, not that that matters, but uh, so be it. Women's and men's golf, great outing. I I, lo- I liked what they did this past weekend at Niobrara and uh, had had a good performance this week by both the women and the men. The men, I think, are playing about what they can do. I right. mean, it, it seems like they are performing to potential right now. Maybe there's a little bit here and there, but. They seem to be performing to potential. Yeah, and they have a different guy leading them Yeah, every meet, it seems. And you wonder what it's going to look like if they can all put it together on the same time. But these are all practice rounds. You know, what really matters is in the spring. Yeah, we talked about that. What's the truer measure of a conference champion? Can you do it with two rounds in the spring or two rounds in the fall? I'm, Or I'm sure, sorry, two rounds in the fall and two rounds in the spring. Or do you just backload it and it all comes down to those two or three days in the spring? Well, we're going to find out if... This team has what what it takes for that. You look at the men; they did beat four of the GPAC teams, right. so a strong showing yeah, in I terms like of that. the conference. Yeah, Jamestown was pretty good. Yes, yeah. Um, on the women, Rachel Bostwick, a single round record. What did she shoot? Seventy six. And the previous record was a seventy seven by Alyssa Fetters Colon. Correct, and she did that on. I'm not diminishing it, but you normally play better or more comfortably on your home course. She did that. Yep. This one was not on the home course. I don't know the level of difficulty or anything Correct. like that, but uh, you're not on your home course. It's probably somewhere you've only golfed two or three rounds. And you look at what Rachel did. She had an 85 in the first round, nine strokes better in round two. Rachel's just a model of consistency. And she has done that. She, mm-hmm. she will golf better day two than she does on day one. That's not out of the norm for her, and probably not out of the norm for a lot of golfers to do that. Right? Yeah, I feel like you get to know the course a yeah. little more for that second round. I've got her coming in for an interview, too. What do I ask her? What am, what am, what am I got to ask her? How do I break 100? <laughs> I don't know if she's giving golf lessons, Josh. <laughs> I need them. One I of the them. things I'm always wondering is, you know, golf isn't for everybody. How did she start? Okay. How, how did she get involved in the, in the game of golf? Yeah, some people are drawn to the individual part of it. Yep. Some people want to be a part of a team. Some people are lone wolves, and they just they want to focus in on what they do. Huh. Usually it's a family member. Right. 
maybe mom or dad yeah. or both golf. Yeah. The other thing about golf is you've got to you're either you either love it or it frustrates you. And I'm, I'm, you have to have the right mental makeup to be successful in that sport because it'll eat you up. Otherwise, I think. I mean, it'll drive. I mean, one or two strokes, it'll drive you crazy. And I think she's a good example of that. She is just a model of consistency, really. And how does she keep it all together? I'd be curious yeah. about that too. Now they are going to go south one more time, right down into Kansas in two weeks. Both teams go to Kansas, and you better go south. Nowadays, because yeah. it's getting cold. Yeah, no, they're not going back. They're not going up. I'll tell you that. Not to James. Not no. to North Dakota. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, men's and women's basketball. Men will play two weeks from tomorrow against Central. They're scrimmaging Iowa Lakes tonight, and we'll we'll probably have somebody there taking photos. Then we will probably talk in very generic terms on how things went uh, next week. The women, I believe, have a couple of uh, a couple of scrimmages as well. But those are later on, and those are not in the DeWitt. They're going on the road. Uh, also of note on the women's schedule, they will be playing South Dakota State. I don't know if you saw that on the schedule, but that was oh, yeah. a late ad up in Brookings. South Dakota State isn't too shabby. so um, Picked to win the Summit League, yeah. so it's not going to be an easy game, that's for sure. Yeah, when Coach Harmson came in, he said, uh, what do you think? And I said, well, you got to have the right team to go do these kind of things because – the, you you are playing you are playing up a level, and if you can be competitive and your team can be ready, it can be a great experience. And he he feels they do, so it'll be uh, that will be coming up in December when they head to Brookings. I'm excited to go and check out the facility. Finally, conference news. Um, I think we've got the conference schedules for the next couple of years now. That's exciting because uh, at the conference meetings. Um, Jamestown, it was determined this will be the last year for the Jamestown Jimmies as part of this conference as they explore their other options of uh, the Northern Sun Intercollegiate Conference and NCAA Division II membership comes along with that. So this will be the last time for conference play for Dort and Jamestown coming up this year. When did they join? 17? 18. 18. It was my freshman year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and they've they've done well. In, I mean, conference play, they have been, a, a, from a competition standpoint and from dealing with people there, they've been a great fit. And it's been, they have raised the level of the conference in terms of competition. The men's basketball team, very good. Women's basketball team, very good. Volleyball team, very good. Baseball and softball, competitive. Um, those are kind of the, the their flagship programs, if you will. And they've got a men's volleyball program that's pretty good. I'm curious if they make the move to NCAA Division II, what happens to like the men's volleyball program? Right. What happens to their ACHA hockey teams? <laughs> um, right. Junior varsity sports, what happens to those? I don't know. I don't think... I think Augustana might operate some junior varsity teams, but the rest of the NSIC, I'm quite certain, doesn't. So I'm curious if they get in. I, I'm also curious if they don't get Then voted. what do they do? Yeah, I was then wondering that as do. well. Yeah. Um, I don't – Don't think we'll have that issue. Um, but. I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bet anything. Yeah, let's um, not speculate. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say, and I, I know – 
you you look at the map and you start measure you you start looking at things it doesn't take a genius to figure out the state schools in North Dakota are in a tough spot um, the yeah. state schools meaning Valley City uh, Dickinson um, Mayville I'm gonna miss somebody I know but where did they go as the North Star League basically disintegrates there's there's not going to be anything left where do they go? I mean, you've got the frontier to the west. That's a jaunt. Minnesota doesn't have NAIA schools. GPAC is pretty well staying with private, faith-based for the time being. Yep. So what happens with those schools? And they've got to make some decisions, and I would imagine they're going to come up with a plan here shortly. Dakota State and Madison, South Dakota, they're in a very challenging spot. I don't know where they go. I mean, I'm looking at a map. I don't, I don't have, I don't know any secrets or anything like that. I'm just a person who observes and watches. Where do they end up? No yeah, matter. I mean, Frontier is just too, too far. far. You just cannot travel that. Is Chicago? Same distance. <laughs> the the KCAC <laughs> might be their best option. Yeah, like. Or do they look at a North Star? Yeah. Would the North Star look at them? I'm mm. sorry, Northern Sun. Sun. Oh Northern yeah, 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 Sun. Beg your pardon, Northern Sun. Do they? Mm. I don't know. Tough they fit. Dis- they fit decisions. that. They fit. They fit that footprint. I'm sure those discussions are being had at levels far higher than the Dort Athletic Communications Office. One other school. Is there a higher level than the Dort University? (laughs) (laughs) Much. Trust me. Uh, I learn almost on a daily basis. Uh, Bellevue. Right. Where do they go? Where do they go? That's right. And they've hopped around already in different conferences. They have. Where do they end up? What are their options? Do you go into Missouri? Would they take them? Right. I mean, I have no idea of the makeup of those leagues. Right. Largely. It's a it's a tenuous spot. It is. And when the music stops playing, you want to make sure you got a chair. And right now for the North Star, basically, in effect, the music is stopping. And everybody's scrambling to find a chair. And Waldorf did. Waldorf did. Yeah. 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 So uh, for Jamestown, wish them well. Um, they've been a great – Ryan Mickelson up there has been great to work with. Uh, he is out there by himself. I mean, in terms of developing relationships with other people in the league, it's a challenge being 400 miles away basically from your nearest competitor. But he's done a great job. And uh, I'm going to miss working with those with those individuals on a regular basis. But – I also know that the landscape changes. So that being said, I'm going to Jamestown on Saturday. Oh, have fun. Yeah, well. It's a trip. (laughs) How's the weather going to be? About the same as here, 50 degrees for a high, dry. Dry dry is good. Dry dry is the big one. Yeah. Last several trips there, weather has been a factor. I don't think this one will be one of those. So, yeah, we'll uh, take off early Saturday morning. Stop for an ice cream cone in Fargo, call it a day, (laughs) 
see how the defenders do. But uh, that's that's going to do it. Sorry we went a little long today, but uh, lots of things to cover and talk about. And uh, that's going to do it. We've got a busy stretch coming up again, and uh, Matt and Josh have done great work in uh, helping uh, to make uh, to cover all the uh, details and the uh, broadcasts and all of that good stuff. And uh, that's going to do it for this Defender Discussions. For Josh Tatton and Matt Boss, I'm Mike Biker. Have a great weekend.